Crossface. The Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording with Josh Jansen and Tommy Jacket. It's a Daily Talk Show episode 238. Sipping lattes in the BMC HQ. We've got a guest. Rupert. Uh, Ballinger. Thank you. <laughs> well, how are you going, Rupert? Good. Good. Uh, Thanks people, for having me. People might recognise your name. Uh, you got a lot of mentions on, what episode was it? Episode? 87. 87. Live from the Outback. Mm-hmm. That's when you had me up at the uh, your family property. That's right. Yep. In the middle of Australia. It's close to the centre of Australia. Is it really? It's uh, actually, no. I'll sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'll crack myself before you do so I... Don't Queensland? look as dumb. Centre of Queensland. Is, That's right. Is what I was saying. Centre of Queensland. Yep. It's um, it, my hometown is Mataburra, which and about thirty kilometres northwest of Mataburra is the geographical centre of Queensland. Mm. Yeah, home of the Mataburrasaurus. The Mataburrasaurus. <laughs> There's a lot of um, when I so just to recap, I flew up to your property. We made a video, but you came and got me from Longreach, which. First of all, I had no idea that um, Longreach was where Qantas was founded. Little did I know that Qantas actually stood for something. It's an acronym. Yep. What's yeah, the acronym? Yeah, that's right. So um, the acronym is Queensland and Northern Territory Aerial Service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, founded by Hudson Fish, uh, who was a World War I pilot, and um, uh, a, sh- a sheep grazier, Fergus McMaster, and a mechanic, an engineer called Paul McGuinness. Yeah. So very humble beginnings, but a, a great story. Uh, what I love seeing when we went to the when you picked me up, uh, and we went to the Qantas Museum, your grandma was yes. the first. What was it? She was the first baby to fly with Qantas. That's cool. cool. That? Yeah. There's yep. a photo of her, like little baby being held. Is that by yep. your great yep. grandfather? So Mel the Ballinger was my grandmother, and she's being held by my great grandmother. And next to them is Sir Hudson Fish, the founder of Qantas. And they're standing next to the Avro, which was the first Qantas plane. Mm. And they're flying from Charleville to Longreach. I love that name, Sir Hudson Fish. Yeah. It just sounds so legit. Why, why did he get Sir? <laughs> I think he started fucking Qantas. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he got Sir. Is that, is that yeah. why? Well, was that is that post Qantas? I'm not exactly sure, but I, I assume either his service in the war or, or studying Qantas. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's do a you achievement. do you actually do you have a, a fond connection with Qantas? Like, will you if you're flying domestically, will you try and fly Qantas? Oh, definitely. Like, I mean, um, if I can, um, I think yeah, I'm really proud of it. Having grown up out near Longreach and mm. my grandmother's association, my dad was also a pilot. He flew a Cessna 182. Um, so you know, we, I grew up with aviation, and and I'm really proud that that um, Qantas was started out there and it's, it's uh, yeah, I love it. I'm it's just great. showing Josh uh, the photo you posted on Insta. The, if, if Josh is, he's off Instagram, yeah. but if you, you had it, you would have seen. It's a photo of the Qantas little kangaroo, so the wing, the, the red tip with the little white kangaroo looking down at Sydney Harbour and you've said, name a more iconic duo, Sydney Harbour and the flying kangaroo. That's it. So it's, it's very true. Rupert, when you and Tommy were uh, in the outback, you were actually just visiting where you grew up, right? So you that's, actually spend most of your time in Sydney? That's right, yeah. So I live in Sydney now, but I grew up on a sheep and cattle farm in outback Queensland, 100 and, about 150 kilometres north of Longridge. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, we, we went up there to do a bit of work, Tommy and I, and mm. um, yeah, it's 20,000 acres. Uh, we've sold it now, actually. We sold it this year, but um, I grew up there my whole life. Um, You've got a bunch of mates who still have properties up there. Yeah, heaps of mates still up there. Yeah. Um, my sister and brother-in-law still live out there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a great place. I love that we love talked it. about it, like h- how big your property was before when we were trying to work it out and you're like, oh, it's basically uh, dumbed down version, 15 kilometres from one side of the property to drive to get to the other, which sounds small but it's actually so far. You came and picked me up. I, I, I thought, oh, he's just – you had a massive party the night before for your mum, was yep, it? Yep, And then yep. a bit dusty, Rupert rocks up. <laughs> he's driven two hours to the airport to get me. It's like is it the, there's no more like the classic saying, a country mile. Yeah. It's like you don't even think about no. how long – like two hours is not that long for you? No, not at all. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, yep. you're talking. You're talking to Nikki downstairs at the cafe, and she said where she grew up. And you said, "Oh, that was nice and close." And it turns out it was six hours <laughs> away. So yeah. you've got a bit of a different sort of view on uh, geography on, on distance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just forget about it up there. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I w- went went to school in Brisbane, so we used to get the bus every holidays from Brisbane to Longreach, which took sixteen hours. So you know, I've done my. Lifetime of buses. <laughs> yeah. So you grew up on the property and then you left to go. So you, you did your primary school from the property I went to. Yeah. Yeah. So we, my, me and my sisters did uh, primary school there on the radio. So it was School of the Air by correspondence. Is so it still a thing? It is. It is. But they don't no longer use a VHF radio. They, they yeah. use uh, the internet. Yeah. <laughs> you would have loved it, Josh, geeking uh, out. Like it literally like a, the truck – from a, you know, you see a tracker, yeah, calling CB all the other radio. Tra- yeah, the full CB radio in a little area. Can I get a radio check, please? Radio check. <laughs> what did you used to say? Uh, Rupert with a question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that every time you have a question yeah, now you, on yeah. from the podcast? If you have a question, please ask. Rupert um, with a question. Wait, so what sort of, how much can you learn over the radio? Yeah, well, that's the the jury's still out on that, isn't it? But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was it was good, you know. Like we had a half an hour session every day, and then I'd do my own work in the in a booklet. My mum taught me, um, poor mum. Um, <laughs> so yeah, when when I went to high school, I was probably you know uh, there's a few things I didn't didn't um, I, I needed to sort of get up to speed with, but it, it, it did the job. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. great, and it's an amazing sort of experience. It's yeah, you learn a bit of independence. Yeah. Mm. So, do you count yourself as a farmer or like an ex-farmer? Were you oh. ever a farmer? I uh, I guess so. I count myself as a as a bushy. I grew uh-huh. up in in the country for yeah. sure. We I, looked up um, something before, and there came a photo came up of a guy in a you know a Cobra yeah. wearing that same blue shirt you had, and we're like, shit, it's you. <laughs> So you quintessential. You, you were quintessential. Yeah, yeah. Farmer. That's so it. I was. So what was. is the difference? <laughs> yeah. He's he's got thongs on now. No, he's got loafers and he's drinking a soy latte. <laughs> yeah, I know. Things have changed. I've it's, evolved. What is the? What do you think the biggest Country misconception? The biggest misconception for people in the city versus you know being a bushy. Is that what you called it? A bushy. Bushy. Yeah. What is? What's the biggest bullshit misconception that you constantly get asked or that uh, people think? I think you know that it's just an extremism of stereotypes. Like you know, although it's a great entertainment, we don't ride kangaroos to school, and we don't. We're not crocodile. It was pretty Dundee. fun. We did when we did that. <laughs> when we right. did it was fun. <laughs> it was but fun when we rode that. One. Exactly. No, no, no. I think that's probably the biggest misconception. Like we, we are not all Mick Dundees. Mm. Yeah. You know they're. Um, 
it's quite similar to living in, in the city. Yeah. Um, but I um, will say, without being offensive, <laughs> here we go. I'm so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think I even said it after I got back f- from going up there. I see how the misconceptions happened based on the the people I did meet in in the outback. So you, so they're like halfway to that person that they portray in the Hollywood movies. But they're not. So it's like, but there is definitely, it's so fascinating, the type. Like when we went to the pub, it blew me away. I I should put a a photo up. Those two dudes, those young guys, jackaroos or whatever they were, um, they were sitting at the the bar in Mataburra eating their burgers. You you literally think you're watching a a movie of the Australian Outback and it was them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You're right. It, it It is a lot different to someone living in the city. I guess for me it just doesn't seem as extreme. But No, because yeah, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's you. It's yeah. <laughs> I guess so. But I mean now that I – when I sit in a cafe in Sydney, it's it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's, it's – yeah. Is it even a thought process that you had when you're there? I mean you don't – you're probably oh, young. You don't really know much really different. like I just – it doesn't just come up on my radar. I'm just sort of like – I see this city, country life fairly – fairly well merged you know what about like when do you feel because say when i go to the u.s there's certain things of like going to starbucks or having certain experiences that i feel like a foreigner in like i'm like oh i'm i'm seeing i'm i'm an alien in this scenario Mm, do you feel like when you go back that some of those thoughts creep in or is it the other way are you more comfortable in a pub in the outback (laughs) or at a a, a cafe in sorry hills (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I don't know how to answer that one. I think I think there's a little bit of both. Yeah, mm. I think you can be both. I don't think I would have the. I, well, I definitely don't have the feelings going. I felt like an alien in the outback. It probably yeah. feels yep. more like home for yep. you because it was. I mean, was. I, I feel I don't pretend to be anyone else. Like I, in Sydney, people say, "Oh, you're definitely from the country," you know, and I'm very. I'm just me. Which, which is very country, mm. but I don't sort of feel like I'm just uh, an alien in a foreign place. It's, I feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Maybe I've got, I've got the, the issues. No, but there, do you, so when you go back, are there certain things that you thought to be true when you're in the country that when you see it in a new context and new light, you're like, oh, this is a bit outdated or I wouldn't say that or – and how does that friction work with your mates – where do, do you think that you ever get the perception of our oh, city Rupert's back in town? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, of sure, of sure. You know, you get plenty of banter going on. You know, how's how's you know how's Sydney and how are the lattes and all <laughs> well, that. Some, it's some gags we've got going. The soy latte thing, and Rupert plays into it very well. He. We, we've had a lot of banter around just having a soy latte in Surrey. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is great. I think it's it's slipping into the stereotype of of the outback. But there's a clear difference. I think it's like state by state. Sydney people For are sure. slightly distinguishable amongst Melbourne, Queensland, into the centre of Queensland, the app, like you know, yep. Darwin. For sure. There's a, there's a real difference. It's clear. Absolutely. How um, weird is it? Like you think about America, the, all the different accents. It's a similar vibe. We just mm. don't have it to the extent they do the southern twang and the yeah. New Yorker and the Boston. It's so weird how we're from the same country, but we just it's it's all just slightly different. Yep, yep, amazing. Like and uh, 
Yeah, I, I was pretty um, – I had no idea about the city until I was sort of a bit older when I went to high school. You know, it was – I just had no idea. And, you know, I remember using – google for the first time and like that wasn't that long ago <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that was that. last week or the week before <laughs> uh so it was you know there was big some big eye openers early on in the day probably mm. if you asked me this yeah. 15 years ago it would have was a different story do you remember a specific moment of uh, i'm lost i need yeah, yeah <laughs> we're just be, being in the city being in the city and saying oh this yeah. isn't this isn't the same i guess so like just not probably a, a distinctive vivid memory but um just you know, seeing the, the the skyscrapers and the traffic lights and yeah, all of that stuff that sounds every day to you yep. guys was just like wow to mm. me. You know, and the cars and yeah, it was it was full on. I um when I went to high school, my mum put me down to learn Japanese, <laughs> which I thought was a bit odd because you know I was still getting my head around English. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I was in a in a class with with heaps of Japanese boys when I was little so when I was at high school so that was a real eye-opener yeah yeah that was sort of going from one extreme to the next and so the difference between a bushy and a farmer is would city people consider you what you were doing as farming or like what's the distinction yeah yeah absolutely yeah a farmer um yep we call ourselves bushies I think it's maybe more of a Queensland thing you know Uh you're a bushy bushies are in town got the RMs on Mm. Um, RMs that everyone in Collingwood wears RMs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they've and done well. RMs done well. <laughs> <laughs> You're wearing them before they were cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the bushy thing. So the difference between do it like uh, produce, like you know, potato growing potatoes and having cattle. Mm. What's the distinction there? Yeah, there's a few differences in the. There's a few different stereotypes in the farming game. You know, yeah. there's. Your um your graziers who run uh, sheep and cattle for grazing grazing livestock, and then there's your farming uh, for cropping. You know you're growing crops. It's, it's a different different ball game. Um, and then you you've got like um, um, s- small intensive growing. You know vegetables and. And that's an even different stereotype, mm, a different yeah. group of people. You smile when you said the vegetables. Is in your world of being in sort of the cattle game, is it a bit of a – is vegetables a bit of a joke? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think um, probably from an economic standpoint, not at all. It's probably the other way around. But I think yeah. cattle – traditionally, you know, northern Australia and Queensland, there's a lot of broadacre cattle stations mm. and it's quite rough and tumble and that's your real, you know, big hat – um, heaps, heaps of cattle, helicopters, you know, ringers, you know, Mick Dundee stuff. So mm. ringer, TJ, oh, yeah, you we mentioned ringer. Uh, yeah, ringer. Uh, so yeah, that's like a jackaroo. Yeah. So it's sort of the term you give to a young jackaroo on a cattle station. Yeah, a ringer. And then you got a dogger. There's a dogger there who who um, traps the wild dingoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fascinating. We visited your mate's property. Yeah, yeah, Huey. Huey, yeah. absolute legend. <laughs> Like both Butto. Huey's house and your house, the hospitality beyond belief. You rock up. There was a cheese platter going yep. at Huey's joint. Yep. Beers are flowing. Better you guys want the- something just? And then we got to your place. There's a full spread going. <laughs> yep. There's something about that in the in the outback. I think just people from the country where it's is that a thing? Do you think? Oh, like- absolutely, a huge thing. It's 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 awesome. Like the hospitality, country people love having visitors and guests because they don't get many. Yeah, mm. and it, they love putting on a a, um, a bit of entertainment. You know, just being a host and 
and have a big have a barbecue outside or have a big lunch or dinner and have a few beers and sit around the fire and it, it's awesome yeah mm. and it's it's something that more city folks should experience and i think there's a big uh opportunity there in the future for for tourism and and mm. to what state st- state huey's house oh yeah yeah <laughs> you're there huey we're coming yeah Mate, I, I would happily i'd love to take josh up to huey huey gave the perspective on that so what he's classified as a grazier or yeah yeah cattle cattle grazier yeah. so he's got a cattle station yep that how many cows would they have oh, at one time? I mean, they've got a big station. It's about 90,000 acres, I think. They've probably, you know, in a good season, they're, they're running like uh, seven or 8,000 head of cattle, I think. Yeah. Mm, so yeah. many. And he said to me that he's a grass scientist. He is. That's right. He's actually a grass merchant. Yeah, he, he deals in grass, not cattle. Well, the cows yeah. are just the, the marketing vehicle. Isn't yeah. it crazy? Because he has to, like, to feed the cattle he needs to be able to grow the grass yeah and feed feed the grass and then the cattle eat the grass and then they sell the cattle it's um it's a tough life though i got a sense like he's someone you grew up with you went to school with right yeah yeah grew up yep what's the because i even on a small scale living in shepherd and a couple of hours away there was a vibe of people would es- not escape they would leave the their town and move to the city and it's like some of them saw it as like this liberation i've got out of that is there a sense you know Hugh is still on the farm he's that's his business he's you know yep. successful in what he does is yep. there a sense of like do you look back and go mates i grew up with who haven't actually left but want to leave or you know is there conversations with mates it's like yeah, you can do it or there's a bit of that i think um generally i'm not sure if it's the same everywhere but generally in in queensland like a lot of country people or bushies are able to get away um you know go and experience a bit of city life whether they work go to uni there or mm. work there or, or tra- travel a bit overseas so there's, there's pretty good um exposure there mm. um uh, and then and then the ones that are really keen go back to the land which is great so it's it's pretty good it's not it, it's come a long way i think mm. yeah we had an email from one of our listeners bk who we've uh, tommy and i have started a uh Sort of a, a ham promotion where we were saying that we're going to give a give away a ham yep. uh, for Christmas, which is uh, obviously a very exciting promotion. Should I read BK's? Email? Yeah, you can read BK's. He email. said, "I love you both, but all this talk of ham and excessive meat consumption has to stop. Haven't missed an ep, but I may need to boycott the show until the new year, or at least until all this ham talk ends. Maybe you can put something in the show notes each day to warn me of any ham talk. Hashtag Hamgate." <laughs> So, so BK's a vego. Vegan. He's v- gone vegan. Is he vegan? Yeah, he's gone vegan. Wow. It's even harder. That's really hard. But but I could I could empathize in the sense I tried to I framed it in, okay, I talk about it as ham. If every single time I replaced ham with a slaughtered pig, I said, Oh, we're giving away a slaughtered pig f- for Christmas, it does change the tone. Mm. I feel like you're a good one to maybe talk about animals having them you know, on your property, dealing with them every day. What's your take on meat, animals, the relationship with animals? Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Um, obviously, I grew up with it all, so it was it was our livelihood. You know, yeah. we are sheep and cattle farmers, so that we we raise sheep and cattle and sell them f- to make money to put to feed us. Mm. So yeah. it was it was our bread and butter. Mm. So I grew up with. With um, we we killed our own animals. We you know we ate our own meat, beef, lamb, mutton, sheep, 
Um, You'd love so, it. They've got a fr- like all of the houses have like industrial sized fridges. So to store walk it all. In. I walked yeah. in your, your fridge. Can yeah. you get me this? I'm I like, think this should be a trigger shit. warning for PK right no, now. No, no, like even just like for <laughs> a walk in fridge is bloody cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. the, so is there a difference do you see between the meat that we're eating, the industrialized sort of meat consumption versus what you guys were doing? Yeah, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm not an expert in it, so I don't know much about it. But I think obviously, if you do the re- the research is showing that you know um, grass fed um, meat is is you know the the ultimate. It's it's better than than more processed um, mm. you know grain fed stuff. But uh, you know, it's more of a, a output thing, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, we used to get people out from the city, friends and family, and they'd be a bit uh, you know. Uh, put off by by killing the animals to to butcher but it's sort of like well you know if you what happens when you go down a sizzler and get a, a rump steak like where, yeah. do, where do you think that came from yeah, yeah. if um, it, i think it's like compartmentalizing a conversation around this because you have the context of it being your livelihood i went there and there was thousands and thousands of kangaroos and and the thought of hunting kangaroos for a lot of people would be like you can't do that the thought for hundreds, thousands of kangaroos on your property eating your crops is a different mindset totally. to just killing an animal for the sake of it. It's like it's actually affecting your ability to live. And if we looked at it in a pyramid, you guys are at the top of the pyramid in, in the sense of having the trickle down to the cities. So it's like what I found fascinating was talking with Huey, who is the guy who is – legitimately giving the beef to McDonald's and yeah. you know, it goes down the chain to Woolworths and Coles and hearing and empathising with him on, on what it means for him, is it's such a different perspective I'd never experienced before. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Um, it is, isn't it? And it's sort of like, you know, it'd be like it's our livelihood. So it'd be like uh, if you grew up in Melbourne and your parents were property developers, it'd be like someone saying, oh, you know, I think developing property is, is sort of a, a, a bad thing. Yeah. Stop yeah, doing yeah. it. But it's like, well, that's our livelihood. Like, that's how we put food on the table and go to school. Did you ever, do you remember when you were younger asking the questions of your parents about what it all means? Did you ever have a moment where it's like you have a, a cow that all of a sudden you sort of build a bond with and then you have to sort of shoot it in the head? Yeah, there was a lot of that that went on. You know, I mm. sort of learned how to um, do all that stuff uh, at an early age just because it was part of our our, biz, our livelihood. Mm. Um, but I, I never really – I guess because I grew up with it, it was never sort of a, a, a big conversation. Mm-hmm. It sort of just – it sort of all happened. Do you yeah. find now that you've – there is the com- more conversations about this stuff, I think that you bring an interesting perspective to this – side of things do you think it is in the do you think there is a wrong way of doing it and a right way like i remember seeing that doco where it's like what happens when they go to asia and the how the animals are treated or what is there is there an element of it that we we can be sensible eaters of meat without the clusterfuckery yeah for sure absolutely i totally agree like i think definitely there needs to be, um, you know, you need to. There needs to be good animal welfare for sure. You need to mm-hmm. look after them. I mean, no one loves and cares for animals more than farmers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they will do anything for for an animal to survive. Yeah. Um, so to see that 
footage on the television and that it's 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 not nice it's upsetting for farmers more than anyone yeah so sure you know there, there is a, a a respectful way to, to to make the process happen and yeah. I, and i and farmers are 100 percent behind that mm. it's just that you know don't shoot we can't shoot the messenger the farmers yeah are just trying to to provide for society mm. and feed their own family yeah farming has been in your family how long Oh, um, sort of, what, three or four generations. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Was the ethical conversation happening when you were young? Do you? Because you, I think there's a lot of noise now with social media, rightfully so in some cases of the fucking sure. debauchery that's happening. Yeah. But was it happening at all? Like do you remember talking I with dad and mum? Yeah, no, when I was growing up I can't really remember too much of that talk going on. I think it's very much become um, more commonplace now, yeah, mm. definitely. And I think when I said the com, com when I fucked up the word the first time, and I'll do it again, the different facets of the conversation, because talking to the farmers about animal cruelty is a different discussion to talking to the person that just eats a shitload of meat and has disregard for the process. Mm. It's a different conversation, and so I think that's where it can be diluted when a vegan or a vegetarian hasn't quite. They get it. They don't – you know, I think I look at someone who's a vegetarian, BK. Mm. Is he doing it for the, the factor of eating meat and the issues that it has with his body or is he doing it for the issue, the inhumane element? Or environmental. In, or the environment. So there's a bunch of these and I think when the conversation's diluted between a bunch of them and they haven't quite worked it out, it can be hard because – Someone talking to you, like have you had a conversation with someone who's a vegan that's been a bit viral in terms of them just having no understanding of your situation? Yeah, um, I haven't had many, but I, I definitely have spoken to some. And um, yeah, like it's, 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 there's, there's, you know, just two different perspectives. Mm. And, and I think we're getting better at, there's more sort of respect and understanding amongst um, two parties or two different sides. Yeah. Mm. What about mental health within the the country and sort of outback Australia? I feel like we hear of high suicide rates within farmers. Is that is there certain areas of farming where that is more sort of commonplace? Is and what is the what does that actual conversation look like? Yeah. So obviously it's been a pretty topical thing. Um, and now it's coming into the the spotlight, m- mental health, especially in rural areas. Mm. I think it's all it's it's pretty widespread. You know, there's it's the, uh, it happens everywhere, mm. um, no matter where you live in the country. Um, yeah, I think, and obviously things like the the recent droughts in New South Wales and Queensland have been taxing, and yeah, it's a big thing. It's a big issue, um, and you, when you live remotely, you don't have the opportunity to communicate enough with the right people is that part of the problem like we hear like all the city folk or whatever all the sort of cities are hearing about this stuff but is it actually do you get a sense that there's an active effort to go out to different properties or for that information to reach oh definitely yeah there's some great you know organizations and um social impact organizations getting going now and they're making a massive difference yeah it's 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 being uh you know, um, dealt with for yeah. sure. And it's uh-huh. it's getting better, I think. An, I think so. an interesting yeah. perspective I heard from when I posted the video of you and I on the property, I saw a few people in the comments talking about finally some positive press about yeah. the outback. 
And so when I posted that, there was the issues with the drought in New South Wales into the centre of Australia. Yep. And it was interesting because it's like you hear this, like, oh, they need help. There's no, you know, they, they don't, there's no um, rain out there. But some of the people who live there were like, oh, this is great. A positive spin on something, uh, on our environment. What yeah. is that? What is that? How do you make, what do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, it's just like an endless conversation, isn't it? It's, I think, um, yeah, obviously, um, you know, the media loves drama. So the the outback or, or rural Australia gets a lot of drama mm. um, and it, there's real issues but I think farmers generally, you know, we all know the, the value of a bit of positive, uh, a positive attitude and, um, and progress and all of that. So I think people, ju- farmers just get tired of um, negative press and, and, and sort of, uh, you know, really sort of downtrodden stories. So yeah. it's just good to, good to hear some, mm. some positive stuff and, and moving forward and, you know, Maybe the stuff. press haven't got the bit right about who's it's for, or or actually, so they think let's let's highlight the issues in the outback to draw attention to the problem. When they haven't, when what they're actually thinking about is what is our audience of people who consume our media. Mm. What are they? What's going to get them interested in this? Because yeah. a negative story over a positive story, the polarizing story is the negative one. Yep. Totally. And so you did right, yeah. But then you can't throw the negative stories out and only highlight positive because no. it's a hard one, right? It's it so is. complex. It is because you got to like I yeah you you got to be authentic and you got to acknowledge the the stuff that isn't working and the and the bad stuff yeah. for sure. You can't hide that. And there's probably um, yeah. an empathy gap as well because it's like if if people aren't spending time. Seeing these people, like there's a difference between archetypes and stereotypes and seeing what we think it is versus actually shaking the hand of someone or actually going out and experiencing that thing. Absolutely. And I think, you know, like uh, having a um, solution-based mentality is is a big thing now for farmers. You know, there's a lot of young farmers that are coming in that have been away living in the city and they're now coming back to the, the family farm and their approach is a solution-based approach. They're looking at, you know, new ways of farming and new strategies and that's mm. really uh, – that's exciting stuff, yeah. you mm. know. Has farming changed much over the last 20-odd years? Uh, I, I'd say definitely, yeah, absolutely. I think the key uh, fundamental principles will always be the same because you're dealing with Mother Nature and, and the land, so that's never going to change. Those principles are sort of timeless. Um, but I think there's more education now. You sort of don't walk out the window and put your hand in the air and make a decision. Yeah. Farmers yeah. now are really informed and they're scientists. They're, they're scientists. Yeah. They're soil scientists. They they grow grass. They know how animals operate. They understand weather patterns. So it's they're pretty advanced now. Mm. So what was your career process? How did you go from being a young guy growing up at a farm to now living in Sydney? Yes, yeah, so I um, uh, spent uh, most of my high school in Brisbane and then um, spent a bit of time back out in the, in the bush. Um, worked up in the Kimberley and the Northern Territory on cattle stations for, mm. for, for a bit. You think his farm was big. How mm. big was that cattle station? Yeah, there was a few that were over two million acres. Up two there. million acres. That's crazy. <laughs> Some bloke owns the two million acres. Yeah, um, and a, a few are owned by companies. But um, 
Yeah, so... And was that the appeal when you were younger? Was that what you aspired to do? What was sort of on your radar? Yeah, definitely. So my dad and my uncles and my grandfather all worked on big cattle stations up there and they were sort of frontier days, you know, in the 70s when the Kimberley was just opening up, you know, the Ord River scheme and all of that. My uncle was a helicopter pilot and so I grew up hearing all these amazing, exciting stories. Like, Mm. yeah, it was a bit of the Wild West, you know, it was... (laughs) It was, it was adventurous. So I was definitely drawn to that. I wanted to get, be part of that adventure. And, and I mean, the, the landscape's amazing up there, the big mm. mountain ranges and you're riding horses and, and it's, it's, it's cool. The, um, yeah. Who's your mate that flies the chopper? He's got the Insta account. Yeah, yeah, Sam Chisholm. Yeah, he's, he's great. A good mate of mine from up there. He was a helicopter pilot. Photographer as well. And a photographer, oh, yeah. Oh, dude, the, we, we have to go up there. We need, a, we need to go in his chopper. Definitely. It's like those, like the small ones. Like the kit sort of oh. deals. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what they call them? Bought it off the internet. Is it like, a, like, the real, like the ones that are like super lightweight? Oh, no, this together? is like a proper um, Robinson R22 helicopter. The, oh, yeah. the old Robinson oh, R22. Yeah. <laughs> the the old start, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, gee, the, the mod on those things are crazy. If you mod them right, you can fucking do some crazy shit with them. <laughs> <laughs> Rupert doesn't know whether I'm serious or no. He's like, I can't, I can't tell. And so could you actually fly a helicopter if you wanted to? Not me, no, no. not at all. Okay. No. You need so to it's be very special. <laughs> it's very it's special. It's not like flying a drone. Did, well, <laughs> did Dad ever um, let you fly the plane? Yeah, I had a bit of a go at the at the wheel. Yeah. yeah. yeah so he made you think that you were having a go yeah. Yeah. at the wheel. Yeah. No, yeah. on Rupert's property there's a um, runway. There's legit just at the front door. Just oh yeah. Dirt plane runway, will come yeah. in. Do you have many like people use the runway? Oh, we do actually. Yeah, we have a lot of people really? um, come in and out. Yeah. What's the most exciting person that's ever used the runway? Oh. Exciting person. Um, oh, like different types of planes? <clears throat> like are there? Um, yeah, I mean, we've had some big, bigger planes, some big twin engine planes, um, helicopters. Uh, I th- we had a Qantas pilot, ex-Qantas pilot fly in one time in his um, twin engine and that was cool because he, <laughs> he just loved, he was telling us how excited he was about coming and flying into the dirt strip. Yeah. You know, it was a, they loved the challenge. Yeah. So it's not like a big tarmac at... JFK or anything it's, yeah. it's like got to come in and you know he's came in on dark and he was really chuffed so that was cool <laughs> how do they how do they know that it's that you've got one is it on some sort of map and they're like ah we need to get to this place it's only an hour's drive so if I can just land so yeah, that works I think they they've got it on their aeronautical maps they, they bring uh-huh. them up on their on their maps they can see where strips are and in their GPS and we obviously told him where we were so he just put the coordinates in and it's crazy. straight in so cool. Yeah. Um, who visited out to like the Mudderborough area? There's been like the the Queen, didn't she go out? Uh, yeah, the Queen open, uh, opened the Stockman's Hall of Fame in Longridge. Yeah. I think it was in 88 or something. Cra- yeah. When yeah. we were born. You were 88, yeah, oh, yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Our drop. Isn't it crazy? The Queen, just like when you're there, you're like, fuck, the Queen came here? It's like so far out. Yeah. It's crazy. Prince Charles was there a couple of years ago. Um, they've all been there. Yeah. It'd be Iconic. so fun to film. Just oh, like yeah. the footage that you got yeah. while, while being there was just amazing. Magical look at like you see you, you can't like you just look forever. It's like you're yep. seeing you just can't see the horizon. You can't see the no, end of the horizon. That's right. It's just so open and flat. It's amazing country. Quiet. It, it oh is. my god. Yeah. Have yeah. you done many like road trips? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, when I worked up in the Kimberleys, I, I drove up there and drove back. So, yeah, it's like a two, couple of thousand 
kilometers. What's it like as a as a drive? Because I've heard people say because I've done a bunch of driving in the US and I always feel like I need to do more exploring of my own country. Yeah. Australia, like once you go into the outback, is it what people sort of the cliche, which is like it all fucking looks the same? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Um, it we got diff- lost, mate. It does, it does. It does. <laughs> it does. It was at night. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it, I think so. But it, it does change. The landscape yeah. definitely changes. When you get out into like Western Queensland where Longitch is, you can just see the distinct, it's just flat, open mm. open land. You can see it on a satellite map. It's it's quite unique. Yeah. Have you seen a big change with things like Facebook? Like I've um, just come back from four months being away and so I'm at my parents for the next month yep. and seeing them on their iPads, on Facebook, scrolling, it's just like they're, they're way more receptive of like technology just consuming their life because they just, just let it in and yeah. now all of a sudden they're doing it. Is it a similar thing in sort of rural Australia, do you think? The adoption of technology, of technology and Facebook, and what does it look? How do how do they how are yeah, they yeah totally it? like we've just we've we've taken to it like a seagull on a chip like it's, <laughs> it's yeah it's it's awesome you know like country people love technology and and yeah. it's it brings us closest together and it's another form of communication and I personally like it like I'm yeah. I'm working on a technology venture at the moment in yeah. Sydney so it's I love it it's exciting do yeah. they use it differently. Um, differently. Uh, what he's saying is, are people meeting on Tinder? <laughs> <laughs> no, what, like, is it? Well, I guess the thing is that, like, when I'm traveling or whatever, going to Western Australia and beautiful sunsets, get a lot. You guys have sunsets, good sunsets all the time. Yeah. Is it just a rule that if you're fucking, you're free out there, don't bother with the sunset because we all, we're all seeing it? Oh, as in, don't bother taking the photo. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's sort of like. Um, <laughs> It's not like icebergs at Bondi where every second person takes a photo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's better in real life. What type of content? Like, is it snakes? Like, if you see a good fucking snake on your yeah. property, is yeah. that straight away an Insta story? Oh, uh, um, yeah, for some. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, um, yeah, the, the, what you're doing during the day is ex- good content. You know, if you're mushing cattle or mushing sheep, a lot of guys do that. My mate, Sam Chisholm, the helicopter pilot, he's got some awesome content of in the helicopter mm. and um yeah i mean sunsets are great you know it's all good it's exciting there's plenty yeah. plenty of things to to snap up ringers yeah. from the top end i think that's a the facebook page Are you following yeah. that i i think i am following it yeah yeah that yeah. you should get oh you don't have facebook but no. i get a, a fix of outback lifestyle from people who live on the out in the outback so it's like all the um the ringers yep they're catching you know wild Buffalo and it's unbelievable just the shit that's going on. But there's a community of people who are from out there that obviously are sort of using it as their networking tool versus mm. going down the pub. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. It's it's brought you know, it's taken the community online, like yeah. like most places, but it's probably actually stronger than the city because everyone most people know each other and you're sort of you're you're a small community. So when you bring it online to social media, it's great. It's powerful because you have that genuine, mm. authentic connection. Mm. You know who's on there and you know yeah. Tommy down the road. And You're saying I don't have 1,800 <laughs> friends in real life? <laughs> what's, what's the relationship, yeah, having not spent time in the outback, what is the relationship with uh, Indigenous people in the, in the outback? Is it, are they working on the farms? Like, can you give us context of what that looks like? Yeah, so I guess... Um, Giving context that I've got no fucking idea, so it's yeah, a very yeah. low benchmark. Yeah, 
Um, I didn't grow up with um, any Indigenous, so mm. um, it was all fairly new for me. When I went up to the Northern Territory and the Kimberley, that's when I met um, some Indigenous. You know, I worked with a few on the stations and uh, that was really interesting. It was, it was fascinating working with them and I'm still friends with them on Facebook. Um, <laughs> Uh, and yeah, it's it's interesting. Like um, we probably, as a farmer growing up in the on the land, I didn't learn much about it. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to sort of get that from an early age. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still learning. Yeah. Mm. Do you get the sense that there is the sort of interest has peaked in that sort of stuff? Like, is there, you know. Like is there what is it called? Is it like tribes? Like what? Like are there certain sort of groups that are still sort of pr- practicing traditional methods? Are they going and mm. finding out Tucker? Like was Tucker is Tucker on the radar of a farmer? Oh, uh, maybe not so much a farmer, but I think the the indigenous are still right into that for sure, definitely. Yeah. Um, What's their way of life? I yeah. had the same line of questioning when I was there because I didn't notice. A lot of indigenous people there. I didn't see any, and and your response was that not not within this area. So that it's very specific to the region. Like if you went more to centre of Australia or up to Darwin, up that up that way, yeah, that's where they're more populating. Yeah, those I think, areas. I think yeah, there is some more. It's probably more um, in central Australia and, and northern Australia. Yeah, definitely. Um, we got amongst the uh, as kids. Maybe it's our age, but I was surprised when I was. At, when I was a kid, I used to watch this show called Bush Tucker Man. Yeah. Um, the dude, what's Les, his, Les Hiddens. Les yeah. Hiddens. So yeah. Les, Les, Les is family friends with Reese Mitchell. Oh, really? A, so, a, good, mate, a good mate of mine. Um, he, uh, he was – somehow he was we worked great. that out years later. But Bush Tucker Man – He's also friends with Russell Coit. Yeah. As well. So the, the he, real he guy ru- and the fake guy. <laughs> yeah. The, the real, full spectrum. The full spectrum. But um, Bush Tucker Man – was it was a show that was set where was it northern yeah northern territory, territory. He, he went everywhere he was a pioneer he well he wasn't pioneering but he was adventurous <laughs> he went to the gulf of carpentaria cape york peninsula northern territory the kimberley he was amazing yeah, but he'd awesome. work out like he'd, he'd be with um indigenous people uh working out and learning how to sort of strip bark off a tree that emitted a toxin that would pull the oxygen out of water so in swamps he'd break up this bark and then the fish would float up and then he'd catch the fish and cook it up. You would have loved the yeah. show. It was but so do good. Do you reckon I could YouTube it? Definitely. I've watched yeah. it on YouTube. And He's so great. you would have, you would have had that on VHS? Absolutely. Watched. I loved it. That was one of my favourite videos growing up. Um, <laughs> him and his old Land Rover yeah, fueling and that, up. And that tune. That, yeah, the, the it music. was like an opening song that's just like triggering yeah, all memories of a kid. Adventures. No, similar, <laughs> better. Yeah, just this weird, and it almost like when you watch it on YouTube, there's a warp because obviously someone's listen, watching an old VH recording uh, an old yeah. VHS that yeah. had that warp in the sound. Yeah, he was he was skilled. He was talented. I th- he would really challenge Bear Grylls. Like oh, put yeah. that, drop them in the in the in the outback. He, he Les would be be fine. Yeah, he he'd be waiting for catering Bear Grylls. The, th- <laughs> the thing I was. And the thought I had being on your property at night was sitting out on the porch, so quiet. You can, you know, like you can look in the distance, can't see anything. Then you might see a light flicker very far out. And basically the drive from Longreach to your place, you're pretty much driving through different people's properties. So yeah. it's one main road that is going through different properties. So you go through these big cattle gates, 
now you're in Rupert's property, you go on. And what I was thinking is, fuck, have you ever just been at your house in, in bed and then there's someone in your property? Yeah. Because you're so far out, you're like either they're here to fuck shit up or they're lost. You know, it's like a real eerie feeling. Yeah, can you tell yeah. us a crazy story about anyone that went to the property? Sure. If you don't have one, make it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. alien uh, stuff. I feel like aliens are more likely to be out in the outback. Aliens, yeah. We ha- we've had a few aliens drop in <laughs> for, some, for some great northerns. Yeah. His yeah. name was Tommy Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly. <laughs> He's from Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, did you have anyone stumble into your property? Like you found them living on your property? Um, or? Yeah, no, no one living on there. Um, yeah, there's been some heaps of visitors turn up. Yeah, so it's pretty pretty interesting. It's um, no, no crazy stories. What does the visitors, yeah. what does they even look like? So it's like you just, because I guess that happened back in the day, like in the late 90s, early 2000s, you'd be at home and someone would just come around without like saying anything, right? They're just like knock on yeah. the door. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, just roll you, in. You wouldn't really do that now. Like with, you'd get on Facebook Messenger or <laughs> yeah, make Snapchat. sure you're there. Yeah, yeah. Snapchat yeah. that you're yeah. going... I'd what be offended personally yeah. if someone rocked up. Oh, yeah, what is, I mean, what is the, what are some of those cultural differences? Like, is that commonplace to, you know, you hear the, um, oh, we all, we leave our doors open, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking, you know, like uh, on your farm, you can hardly lock up the place. Like, it's just so, so open and, you know, no, it's, it's quite a nice, refreshing um, environment, really. You don't lock up, you don't worry about that. People turn up, it's fine, they might be strangers, but you, you're friendly to them, you talk to have a conversation, get them in for a cup of tea, maybe have a few great northerns, mm. whatever. You know, it's pretty nice. Like it's, 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 it's so different to the, to the city in that respect. Mm. Overseas yeah. travellers, would you ever get people? Oh, who- yeah, absolutely. Foreigners, you know, cruising around, um, you know, backpacking around Australia or whatever, you know, like travellers. Rocking up to your front door. Yeah, you your, know, ma- your mum would have put it on a spread for sure. Yeah, absolutely. A few few uh, lamb sandwiches. Did yeah. you ham it up? Did you uh, <laughs> ham not, it up? Not intent. Ham it up in sort terms of, of like, oh, let's put, on, let's put it on a show for these tourists. <laughs> yeah, let's make a Rupert, big get out the whip. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, well, mate, that's what we did for you. When you, came. <laughs> Do you can you control a whip? I can control a whip. Yes. Yep. Yeah, do I they actually do, have can, a practical purpose? I can do the purpose? Sydney Flash. What's and the Queensland Sydney? crossover? What does that look like? Sydney <laughs> Flash is a is a is a is a three. I think it's a five crack um, okay. manoeuvre okay. with one whip, and then the Queensland crossover is two whips. Yeah, <laughs> the visual. It's a real visual. Yeah. It's hard to hard to get a bit of space in in Surrey Hills now to, <laughs> <laughs> to do the so, whip. I mean, what is the for people who are listening who are. Uh, super interested in the outback like what could you actually is there a way nowadays to be like rather than going to the great ocean road for a for a weekend is there an option to i want to go into the outback what would you what would you suggest without dying halfway there yeah um you know huey's number exactly (laughs) anyone can go out there but i think the great thing and and i think i hope it happens more is um, city people getting to know country people uh-huh. and just... How do you do it? It's hard ex- making friends as adults as it is. Exactly. You're dead <laughs> right. Um, good question. You've got to start somewhere. I don't know what it is. If you you just got to think of, I don't know, someone you grew up with or someone you went to school with who may have a friend or a family mm. member who lives on a farm. Get in touch with them. Talk to them. Are country people doing that? Do you get... Is it? Does it happen the other way where it's like if you're in the country, do you... 
have pen pals? Is that like a standard oh, thing? Oh, for sure. You know, like we, I grew up having friends. We had family friends in the city. Yeah, definitely. And in, and we'd go and stay with them. It was it was awesome. Yeah, and they came out to us. So it was I, I, I it was it was great. Like, and I I hope that happens more often. Yeah, mm. it, it would be hard to have the experience that I had if you didn't know somebody. Exactly, like and you, that's the experience you want. You want yep. the rocking up camp for, like it's a legit. Yep. That's what your family does. You want the authentic, genuine, like um, real life experience of what happens on a, a working yeah. cattle station. That's mm. why making films. That's yeah. why I love about making films. Like. I got to go to places like Pakistan Mm. and, uh, you know, regional parts of Indonesia and you just got like you're having these experiences that you would never get the opportunity to have if you were on a tour Mm. bus. Absolutely. And so it's about like I think it's about almost I think for you and I, Mm. TJ, it's like creating that type of content, Mm. being like, oh, this – Dogger? Is it a dogger? Oh, yeah. Like, a do- like, let's create a video on a dogger. Let's actually, like, rather than it all being hipster cafes and lattes. Yeah. I want to like, go out with the dogger. He probably yeah. wouldn't talk to us, though, would he? Probably not. Do you know that dogger that we're thinking oh, of? I don't. I've only heard of him. Yeah. What's, pretty- what's, what have you heard? Oh, I've just heard so, like, he's, 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 he's quite amazing. You know, he's, he's quite um, animal-like and, and has the instincts of an animal. Yeah, and he he goes out and tracks these wild dig dogs, and um, yeah, pretty amazing stuff. So these dingoes live on properties, kill the livestock, yep. and just cause ca- chaos. Yep, they for kill the, farmers, the sheep, and kill the, the sheep, and they're fuck little brutal little pricks. They nip on let, nip, nip on Achilles tendons, let them rot, and they're still alive. And they come in and eat yeah, them. they're pretty vicious. So it's yeah. full on. They're, yeah, they're dogs. That's Absolute right. dogs. So this guy, dingoes um, or dogs? Uh, yeah. So this is a, <laughs> no. There's some education there. A dingo you can't kill because they're a native animal. There's a crossbreed. Yeah. You fix that up for me. <laughs> yeah. Like there's um there's what you call a wild dog, which is a cross between a a dingo and a, a domestic dog. So Are they do they look weird? Like have you ever seen like real mix like a yeah, French the, bulldog versus a dingo? <laughs> like just poodle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Poodle no, dingo. Not, I haven't seen that extreme. No, there's there's some crosses. Yeah, you know it's, but no sort of like no odd. No, like hundred one down like a Dalmatian <laughs> mix bounding across the yeah. across the downs. Yeah, yeah, no, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, so the way they can so they have a license. The doggers don't they or they have yeah they they're like um sort of co- contracted by the local council or they operate as as a sole trader. Where they um, basically get paid a bounty to to um, to track these these dogs down, mm. and um, yeah, apparently some of them, like this guy we're talking about, you know, clears a, a pretty decent 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 way a salary um, income every year. Probably he'd outdo some investment bankers in, mm. in the city, like <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. We were, we did the numbers. I can't remember what it was. But yeah. Don't know what it was. Significant. It was either twenty mil or four hundred thousand. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere between. Uh, is there because it's sort of? I'm guessing it's a quite a tight knit community, or like it's it's one of those things where it's like there's the hospitality and all the stuff you talk about. Uh, I used to work in the media department at the fire brigade. It was one of those things where if you were a fiery and you would go overseas, you could rock up to a fire station and there'd be great hospitality. Is there overlap? between, you know, bushies or farmers in different parts of the world? 
in different parts of the world as in uh, are you talking about so Aussies? if you go to the so if if you're a, an Australian yep. going to the states yep. would you go and say say for instance I remember I did a film on agriculture or whatever it was about the um, Murray Darling Basin yep. and stuff like that people were talking about they go to um, different parts of the world to find out like irrigate they go to Israel for gotcha. irrigation yeah, yeah. and stuff for sure. like that for sure a lot of a lot of I've had a lot of mates who have gone over to America and they've worked on ranches over there, mm. big cattle ranches in Texas, you know, Angus studs and all that. Yeah, definitely. There's a real crossover mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you're right. Irrigators going to Israel or wherever the cutting edge, you know, farming technology mm. is, uh, South Africa, mm-hmm. um, Argentina. There's, there's trips to – I did a trip when I was at uni to China, an agricultural trip. That was awesome. Um, saw their farming. Um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of that for sure. Is there certain – when you're buying – Meat, is there certain things that you look for? Um, Do you say, okay, I want it to be grass-fed, I want yeah, it to be this, I'm I, not going to buy from Coles, I only buy from here? Yeah, I personally um, like to buy grass-fed meat if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the only real probably thing I like, yeah. Yeah, and so in where you were and the the farm that you so what is it called a grazier yeah yeah so were you was it far was it grass-fed yeah Those, so it was yeah. all grass-fed broadacre um grazing so okay. they they only they only ate grass we didn't feed them grain I, I will just say it's not grass as you know it it's not your local it's golf not, course well, cause not I saw, Walter. No. No. I saw a lot of red right a lot of yeah. red dust and stuff in the video so then when you said they were grass fed I just imagined this big green <laughs> yeah. patch that you were watering but it's yeah. not like that at all no no it's just like the native native grass which is like a looks a bit like a, just a yellow stubble like know. weeds almost. well yeah big stalky sort of um, tussock and yeah. do you actually grow that? Is the idea that you got to maintain it? No, so it's it's um it's it's an annual um, plant, so mm-hmm. it, it's sort of native to the to the land, so it grows there every year. Mm-hmm. But there's also improved pastures where you seed the seed the soil with a with an improved pasture that um, is good, you know, more nutritious or whatever. Yeah. Mm. How but, do you know if the the cows have enough? Um, well, yeah, there's the, you can go into this in great depth. I'm not an expert in it, but yeah. uh, some very good, um, you know, successful farmers, they operate like basically scientists or economists where they understand they can do a grass budget mm. so they can go into a paddock <laughs> and, and chop away a metre square and go home and weigh that and work out how much grass or dead matter they have in that paddock. So they then calculate how many days they can have the cattle in there for. Wow. It's very specific and that's where yeah. you get ahead, I think, in, in the farming game. Yeah. You'll, be, you'll start here in the rain. It's raining here in, in Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. Does it rain? Did we'll it have rain to send much? Some, some bullocks down to Collingwood. <laughs> yeah. So it, does it rain at all where you're from? Um, it does. Sometimes it forgets to. Yeah. <laughs> Like how many days – could you go a whole year without raining? Or is that oh, bullshit? absolutely. I mean, oh, really? up in Western Queensland, there's been a sort of dry period for sort of four, four or five years. Mm-hmm. Not to say there hasn't been rain. It's just let's say the annual rainfall was 18 inches. You know, we might have only had six in the last mm. three years or something. It's yeah. crazy. Below average, yeah. So crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think there's a perspective that is great for people to to gain from talking to someone at your level. Like the person that eats meat and doesn't think about it in terms of the person out there pulling out a cubic metre of soil to weigh it. Like so much thought. Yeah. There is so many – there's so many steps 
to what we take for granted. Absolutely. Yep. So it's, much thought, yeah. And I think that the other thing too is you just need to go, this is like, for me, this is like a trigger point, this conversation to then actually, you've got to go out and see it, right? Mm. I think mm. that's like the, yep. the key I'm mm. already like. Mm. So what, yep. what, what we are saying is, Huey, we're coming. Yeah. We're coming. <laughs> get the, yeah. get the Great Northerns on, on ice. <laughs> yeah, cheese board. Cheese yep. board we'll yeah, be there but, soon. Yeah. Probably a while, but we'll be there. <laughs> Rupert, thanks, mate, for coming on no the worries. podcast. And um, so nowadays you're just doing tech stuff. You're yeah, just just uh, working on an exciting um, new uh, um, uh, mentoring tech venture in Sydney. Mm-hmm. So hope to um, get that up and running very soon. And yeah. then we'll have you back on. Absolutely. Next year, 2019. Be awesome. back. What's yeah. what's like the classic uh, rural goodbye? Is it just like see you later, uh, champ? Hooroo, hooroo, hooroo! Fuck, hooroo! That's what I say yeah. already. Hooroo. Got real, real You're a bushy, pump. yeah, a grazier. <laughs> Mate, I'll take it. It's the Daily Talk Show, everyone. Hi at the Daily Talk Show. Dot com. If you want to send us an email, Rupert. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Have guys. A good one. Thanks, Catch you, boys.